I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Star Companion Podcast. My name is David, and that guy's name is Zach. And we are your co-hosts for um, a trek through Star Trek, if you will. It mm-hmm. is a trek through the Star Trek universe by episode and by star date. And um, we are in the middle of reviewing Enterprise season one, and today's episode is season one, episode eight. And the name of the episode is Breaking the Ice. Yeah, star date between 619215.1 and 731215.1. They're just out in the world. For posterity's and, uh, sake. <clears throat> for posterity's sake. I know eventually they actually start doing some real uh, star dates. Uh, so the synopsis of this episode is Enterprise NX-01 is at warp. In the busy mess hall, Trip Tucker has brought in drawings from his nephew's fourth grade class and is showing Dr. Phlox, who is amused. He gets to Paul's attention and shows her as well, though she is not as amused, finds one of the drawings, quote, surprisingly accurate. Soon, everyone notices the starship has dropped to impulse. Captain Archer announces for everyone to get to a window. Enterprise has discovered a large comet and calls senior staff to the bridge. Dad gets jazzed. <clears throat> he says, everyone get get to a window stat. Dad is jazzed, bro. And you know what? That carries him through to, um, you know, Mayweather commenting that the, the comet, it's a comet, right? Or is it an asteroid? It's a comet. Comet. He, Mayweather comments and says that, the asteroid is the biggest that they've ever seen and the biggest that the Vulcans have ever seen. And he, he kind of jokingly says, we should name it Archer's Comet, to which Dad Ugh. is like, get down there immediately, start drilling. Yeah, now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Just. <laughs> we should name it Archer's Comet. You know what? I think we've got a field uh, field promotion. Sounds great. Put a flag on that bitch. <laughs> Just what a you know what a what a joke, uh, but I love it. I you know I can't say that that's not what I would do. Right. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'd be like, yeah, you know, actually, it's X comment. Everybody's itching to get out. Let's go, you know, let's go look at this. Let's go look at this comment. It'd you know, I think, time. I think we really need to, uh, we really need to go check out that comment. <laughs> and then, of course, they decide to drill um, mm-hmm. to get some information on it. And I think it turns out that it's got a exceedingly large uh, deposit of mycelium. Correct. A, a rare and un, relatively unknown uh, compound, both to humans and Vulcans alike. Now, did we do we even know what mycelium is even for? You know, I did some research on it, and it's there. It pretty much stops at this episode. There's really no other mm. value of it. You know, it's not like an ore that they use for energy. They can't make ship plating out of it. Um, I imagine you could cool a beverage with it. That might be, you know, pretty um, yeah. useful if you were out in yeah, space a, and a beverage. Of, yeah, <laughs> you ran out. You ran out of ice. Well, it's cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely put that in something. It looks like there's Nicelium Crystal Horta, which is some sort of character in the Star Trek online. Interesting. The information is vague. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Apparently, <clears throat> apparently this you know scientific mission that they carry out to discover more about Nicelium doesn't really go anywhere. Apparently, this is it. <sighs> Well, yeah, and then beyond that, it it definitely, this episode seems like one of the more throwaways. Definitely. Of the season. You get to see Dad get stoked about naming it Archer's Mm -hmm. Comet. This is the first Enterprise episode that uh, Berman and Braga uh, didn't write. Really? Who wrote it? Yeah. You know, I, I can Google it. I don't know, but I do know that uh, Braga referred to the idea of depicting people walking on a comet as an ambitious challenge that came about of as a result of him continually trying to push the limits with the series. So, I mean, that's that's kind of fun. One of the actually looks like one of the staff writers, Chris Black, said um, he was just amazed with the planning of this episode and the flexibility of the production crew. He quote said. It was this moment when I realized they really pull out all the stops for this show. It just feels sometimes like there's virtually nothing they can't do. Guys, can you turn stage nine into the surface of a comet? <laughs> yeah. When do you want it by? Now. Which is, you know, kind of true. Um, it does make me wonder, like, what what fake snow they used. Right. You know, um, and for their Vulcan snowman. I don't, and see, like, I don't know enough about space travel or about asteroids to know like can you land on an asteroid and like can you stay on the asteroid like wouldn't would that well i guess if it's large enough maybe it has its own gravitational pull you know um, but um I, yeah i think oh go ahead no that's that's about it i think a gravitational pull on something even as a large comet wouldn't really uh I don't think the the gravity. The, I don't think there's enough gravity to hold anything on there outside of what the object is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it is a little suspect that we don't see like any sort of shoe equipment. Right. You know. Um, that being said, though, uh, I'm thinking about writing an article mm-hmm. 
about uh let me pull up the little note here so um right now the hayabusa 2 rocket which got there april 4th april 5th in japan today Mm -hmm. um hayabusa 2 is literally um going to a uh an asteroid and they're going to shoot a crater into it with an explosive device (laughs) in an effort to uh uh oh the asteroid ryugu um Deploy an explosives-filled box that will detonate in space, and it'll fire a copper plate into Ryugu and create a crater up to 10 meters wide. Um, and uh, the reason they're doing it is uh, to try, like, an impact experiment mm-hmm. um, to learn more about how asteroids like Ryugu change over time. Um, so they're trying to figure out, like, what kind of materials are in the asteroid. So this is, like, a real-life sort of take on comets you know right. in asteroids and so the uh the rocket itself the ship is going to go behind the planet i mean mm-hmm. uh, behind the asteroid when it shoots after it shoots the explosive device right in order to come back and take uh information samples from it and so um you know it's just they're literally employing a uh a Star Trek trope in their hard science reality of, you know, you know, remember in Wrath of Khan? Yeah. When uh, Enterprise is hiding from the Reliant. Yes. And they go around to the other side. Yeah, in the nebula, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so here we go. You know, it's, act, you know, the uh, Japanese space team is doing damn near exactly that. Well, I, I saw that movie and I really liked the one where they blow up the comet that's heading for Earth and it just like splits right at the last second. Love that movie. Yeah, such Bruce a good Willis. movie. Bruce Willis, yep. It's my favorite movie. I really love the song. Yes, that was, that's a classic at this point. Unfortunately, Armageddon... I don't know if that's a classic, but I certainly <laughs> do is. know that Aerosmith is. That song yeah. is a classic. <laughs> uh, complete aside, do you think Joe Perry is a good guitar player? Eh, he's all right. I feel like he's like an everyman <clears throat> kind of guitar player. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I was reading something about the Rolling Stones the other day, because Mick Jagger is <laughs> apparently going to have a have heart surgery here pretty soon. He's, and he's like 75, but he's, <coughs> they expect him to like make a full recovery, which is fat, which is amazing considering mm-hmm. his age. Mm-hmm. But apparently Keith Richards, the guitarist for the Rolling Stones, he he apparently plays uh, a guitar and it only has five strings on it. Oh. And it's um, what's a guitar usually tuned to? Is it E or or D? I think it's E. He tunes and it then to you a do D. He tunes uh-huh. it to a D so he can play chords with one finger. He's like basically playing power power chords, so he can just uh-huh. like slide his finger up and down the the fret, and he won't he doesn't have to do any like you know intricate no shit fingering uh-huh. for, for lack of a better word. <laughs> you know I've never given the Rolling Stones a real a real shake. I've always been a Beatles man myself. Me too. Which brings me to the Vulcans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not only are the Vulcans cool, but they do have the classic Beatles haircut, which I do enjoy. They do, don't they? They do. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. The little bowl cut. So, um, as they're surveying this asteroid, the Vulcans drop out of warp. And, you know, they just say, hey, we're, we just want to survey what's going on here. We just want to make mm-hmm. sure, 
everything's going good, you know, which dad doesn't seem to mind, but you can tell it really bothers dad because dad's out here. Dad's, you know, out here mowing his lawn. He's doing the things that, that he needs to do to upkeep his house. And he doesn't need, <laughs> he doesn't need his neighbors coming by and telling him how to run his own household. There you go. <laughs> you know, he's thinking about raising his truck later. That's right. <laughs> Goddamn Vulcan's always showing up. It's Saturday morning. You know, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning. He's already sawing wood, and the neighbors are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and the neighbors are the assholes. <laughs> yeah, actually. You know, and so I think the I guess the main theme of this is, so Dad is mad at the neighbors, mm-hmm. Reed Vulcan's. Um, for always watching us and being on our backs and shit, you know, like, why can't we just live? Just let me live, man. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't blame them, the Vulcans, for, you know, checking in here and there. This is kind of a sensitive subject. And uh, ultimately, they uh, get their core sample and then the asteroid starts to tilt towards the sun, mm-hmm. at which point... Uh, uh, the heat gets too great, and they got to get out of there. And that's Mayweather and Reed. Yes. And uh, they got to get out of there, so they hop in the runabout, and then they uh, get ready to blast off, and they shoot a crack into the asteroid because it's melting. And at which point they get dropped down into the asteroid. <clears throat> and uh, yes. they then Enterprise through some quick thinking goes we need to use our little uh grapple grapple hook grapple hooks there you go and then they miss the shot yeah the grapple Um, hook with the plunger on the end of it two plungers Mm -hmm. and they miss one of the plunger misses plunger mitches um (laughs) and in a uh you know in a in a moment of weakness Maybe not weakness, maybe in a moment of diplomacy, Archer decides to reach out to the Vulcans and they employ their their tractor beam and they Fancy they, tractor beam. Thanks for sharing the technology, man. Yeah. The trip even jokes later on, he's like, Hey, how about you share that that technology with us with us? And the Vulcan's like, Well, uh, that's classified. Oh sure it is. Everyone's <laughs> got a tractor beam. Um so I mean <coughs> overall uh, I guess it was kind of fun. It's nice seeing a Vulcan snowman. Yes. Um, I really liked that. Uh, again, Flox's Flox's takes are the best. Humans, human children have such fertile imaginations. <laughs> yeah. Nice. He is just so happy to be out in space and, and running stoked. around with his buds. Yeah, I think he's literally an anthropologist at heart. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this is fun as hell. I love um, I love how he just like he starts going you know when when they're doing the broadcast to the kids back at at home and uh, he steps oh, up yep. he steps up to start talking about germs in space and he just gets so into it and they just have mm-hmm. to cut him off cuz they know he can just go forever <laughs> just ruin the whole thing. Uh, yeah, and you know I think that's the real highlight of the uh of the whole story yeah. of this episode. It's just a lot of fun that little because that's exactly what would happen now. Oh, totally, yeah. We would totally get a video of, like, hi, I'm Jonathan Archer, and they call <laughs> me dad on the ship. <clears throat> um, well, if you remember a couple years ago, that guy who was living up at the... Or maybe not even a couple years ago, maybe last year, the guy who was living up in the space station, 
he mm-hmm. did his Reddit AMA. Oh yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name, the bald headed guy, but um, you know, astronaut bald guy, astronaut bald guy with the twin brother as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, you know, so you know they they're not far from the mark of of you know hu- first humans in space. What what is gonna what's yep. gonna happen? Like all these things are happening now. <laughs> you know, like yep. you said with the Hayabusa mm-hmm. and with the space station. Um, so again, you know, they're in my book, they're hitting the mark may not be the most interesting, uh, episode to look at critically, but it is interesting. You know, when you think about the title breaking the ice, it's kind of a double entendre. Not only are they breaking the ice on the comet, but they're breaking the ice with the Vulcans and they're Mm kind of, you know, to Paul says at the end that reaching out to him for reaching out to the Vulcans for help it would would surprise the captain of the ship because he thinks humans are arrogant Mm -hmm. um you know and you know humans think that uh Vulcans are arrogant too so they're just working on on bridging that gap a little bit further yep I think that's very succinct I have one final little piece uh I did think it was enjoyable how the main plot's about the comet, but the subplot of T'Pol's uh, marriage. Yes. Um, was, that was that was big. You're right. Maybe the most interesting portion. Yeah. You know, and because she gets that uh, priority one subspace message. Yes. Uh, Trip thinks it's uh, nefarious. Mm-hmm. Has Hoshi decode it? Turns out Trip reads it and. Uh, it's about her marriage, and he feels guilty, doesn't tell Archer about it because Archer doesn't need to know, and then uh, he then has to confront T'Pol about it, and then I think Phlox then advises yes. as the ship's counselor that, well, maybe, you know, you should, uh, T'Pol, try and talk to someone, you yeah. know, because she's, uh, is she getting headaches? There's something going on with her. She can't sleep, and so she's That's getting tension headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, Phlox <laughs> continues to play just, like, these really pivotal, like, little tiny yeah. <laughs> roles, you know? Like, he... Mm-hmm. And it's because he, he he straddles that line between counselor and also physician, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love his character. I think he's totally, like, one of the more important characters of, of the series so far. Oh, yeah. I think he might be one of my favorite doctors. Really? Which I guess is sort of blasphemous. All the doctors seem to be actually great. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of, of, of Crusher. I mean, she has her time and place, and, and I mm-hmm. like her as a character. There's nothing I don't like about her. It's just if I were to rank them, I would say sure. you know, maybe Phlox and Bones are up near the top for me. Yeah. Gotta yeah. love Bones. I love yeah. Phlox. Um, I think the... I think... Uh, Dr. Crusher is a real underutilization by the next generation writers. Yeah. She does have her moments here and there. Um, Bashir's cool. Yeah. Bashir in DS9 plays like the, uh, the I'm going to sex you up. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a horny little Indian. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, uh, and then there's, Picardo the, as the holographic doctor. Yeah, the EMH or whatever, the mm-hmm. emergency medical hologram. Hologram. Or yeah, yeah. That's a very that's an extremely interesting concept, but that'll be something yeah. I guess we review 
later or in a even long time. On, even on a you know maybe a different episode where we do a deep dive and Ooh, uh, on doctors on doctors yeah Hot. and um you know on top of these you know reviewing episode by episode zach and i are planning on doing some deeper dives and and maybe discussing some issues at length um mm-hmm. and those will be something that we will probably you'll probably have to contribute via patreon to to get access to yeah and definitely definitely worth it too definitely it's for sure it. gonna be worth it we got some great tiers on there <clears throat> you get some free stuff well i mean i guess not free but you get some special <laughs> goodies from us but uh yeah i'm gonna post i think that uh I think comparison of the Hayabusa articles article to uh, you know Star Trek. That's smart. <clears throat> Sounds like a good idea, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can check us out on all major podcasting platforms. Send us an email: thestarcompanion at gmail dot com. Follow us on Instagram for some great little memes and posts. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, keep trekking, everybody. Trek about. Trek about. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.